Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Hi, and welcome back to the Women Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, and I am a licensed clinical professional counselor here in Annapolis, Maryland, where I am providing online therapy all the time because of the pandemic, because it feels important to keep everyone safe. So if you're in Maryland and in need of therapy, you can find me at progressioncounseling.com. You can also find the podcast at womanwarriors.com. You can follow us on social media at Woman Warriors on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also sign up for the newsletter and get the episodes delivered directly to your inbox. So if you go to womanwarriors.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, there is a form you can fill out there for the newsletter, or you can go to progressioncounseling.com forward slash Elizabeth's newsletter and sign up there. So today I'm talking to Michelle Ferris. She is a therapist out on the West Coast who specializes in anger management. And as I've discussed and shared here on the podcast, anger is an emotion, a, a, a feeling that I have a difficult time, one, recognizing, but two, expressing. I tend to worry more than I express my anger. I tend to keep it in instead of letting my more warrior self express my anger because I was never really taught how to do that. And it doesn't feel comfortable, but I'm working on it. And today we are talking about the cultural constraints of women's anger. And of course, because of the civil rights demonstrations and anger about racism, that has come into the conversation as well. To be clear, we are two white women, and we are finding and exploring ways, we are talking about and exploring ways to express our anger and to hear the anger of others in more grounded and meaningful ways. If you would like to learn more about the power of women's anger, I recommend Soraya Chamali's work. Her TED Talk and her book, Rage Becomes Her, The Power of Women's Anger, are two really great resources. I will provide links to those in the show notes. And now more about our guest today. Michelle Ferris is a marriage and family therapist who specializes in codependency, anger management, and relationship skills. In her private practice, she helps people make small but significant changes with simple tools that are easy to practice. 
She also has written three ebooks and creates online courses to support growth and learning. And today we're going to be talking about anger and how to express anger in healthy ways. But I would also like to talk to her about receiving anger when people are mad at us because of the protests and the Black Lives Matter and the deaths of too many Black people at the hands of police. There's a lot of anger that's focused at white people, which I totally understand and somewhat feel somewhat deserved. But I would like to also talk to her about how we can receive that if that comes up in conversation, how we receive that and listen and hear people who may be angry at us. So let's get started. Hi, Michelle, and thank you so much for being on the Woman Warriors podcast. Oh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for having me. You you really do a great service here. Oh, I appreciate your saying that. And I would love it if you would share a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to do the work that you do. Sure. So I'm a psychotherapist in San Jose, California. And uh, one of my first internships was in anger management. I actually got um, a chance to, I wanted a paid internship, which was very few and far between. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I saw one advertised for teaching a 52 week court mandated anger management. Mm. And I don't know, there was something about that. It just, I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. And it's funny because sometimes when I tell my colleagues, you know, I work with anger management, they kind of go, oh, you know, like the topic <laughs> is, is so, um, which is so indicative of the misconception. But um, what I found was I really, I could relate so much to the men because they all grew up in violence. Yeah, yeah. And it was really easy for me not to go into judgment because most of them were willing to learn. And um, years later, I didn't realize the personal part was that I had lived with someone who raged quite a bit. And so maybe that was part of the reason why I, my ears perked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I learned because of that to stuff my anger. And I thought, you know, anger is dangerous. So I'm not going to do it. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, that was just as destructive, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And um, typically, I mean, you said working with men. So oftentimes the court mandated programs are either for, you know, domestic violence abusers, yes. but also just people who, I guess, are getting into trouble because of their anger in other yeah. instances. Yeah. 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 I worked on the other side of it with domestic violence mm. victims. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we worked closely with programs that did the abuser intervention as well as anger management stuff. Mm. Yeah, such important work. It is. It is such important work. Now, I, for me, anger has been a very difficult emotion to one identify, but also yeah. express. Yeah. And I think that as I'm, you know, I hate to admit that you know, being almost sixty, and I'm still learning on <laughs> learning how to identify my anger. But really, oftentimes. Sure. It, it like as you said, it just either feels dangerous or it's been so ingrained in me to not express anger. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting when I, when now like realizing like, oh yeah, I was really mad right then. But part of me actually goes to tears versus, yes. you know, I get choked up and it's very hard for me to, to be just mad and not mad and upset too. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there's reasons for that because I think we were all cultured as women to be quiet, be nice, look pretty, uh, don't you know, make a fuss. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get taught that anger was actually a really valuable emotion. But then on the flip side, little boys got taught, you know, oh, well, that's, those are boys, boys get angry. So they get the permission, but we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it's, it's very powerful, because I agree, I think a lot of women come to me, and they, they don't even recognize that they're angry. Yeah. And their partners are saying, hey, you're super critical, you're yelling at the kids, you're yelling at me, but they don't see it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a real blind spot. And it's not a judgment. It's just that we're not taught to, like you said, to really pay attention to one, what anger looks like in us. And two, that it's really a valid human emotion that has a lot of uh, gifts in it. Because essentially, anger signals us that something isn't right. Now, that can be something external, right? Someone crosses our boundary, someone uh, does something hurtful, or it can be something internal where maybe I'm not taking care of myself, maybe I'm not saying no where I should. Uh, So it's really important to kind of recognize what that feeling is. And I, you know, I was listening to your podcast about uh, stress, and that was so good. Yeah, that was a good one. It was really good. And I think that it's the same for anger with that fight or flight reaction. And our body will tell us almost immediately that we're upset. Mm. You know, whether it's that, that heart rate, which is probably the most common sweating, um, feeling choked up, like sometimes when I'm angry, uh, my throat closes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Me too. Yeah. And, and just noticing like, oh, what's your body telling you? Because it's screaming, pay attention. Yeah. Boy. Something is going on here. And our bodies are so smart and we don't listen. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's why, you know, when I, when I do my anger counseling, I think that's the biggest shift I help people make early on is to just start recognizing what their anger looks like. And they're not bad. They're not mm-hmm. bad for being angry. They're not bad for, for unhealthy behavior because they were taught it. Right. So it, it's a matter of how do you start to shift that and, and practice anger in its healthy form so that it doesn't create destruction in your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. So perfect oh, yeah. segue of like, uh-huh. how, you know, so there there are healthy ways to express anger, right? I mean, there are right. ways that we can get across that, if, you know, our boundary has been crossed or whatever, somebody's done something cruel or unkind and, right, you know, we can talk about it in a way that we can be heard, right? Or hopefully be heard. Yeah. I I think the biggest difference between unhealthy anger and healthy anger is blame. Mm. It's the focus because whenever you hear unhealthy anger, it's almost always targeted at someone, Mm. right? Mm-hmm. You did this, you did that, um, name calling, screaming, you made me feel a certain way versus healthy anger is about 
I'm angry. I need to name it. When you didn't return my text all day, I got angry. Yeah. So, so we're labeling it, but we're also naming the behavior in a non-judgmental way. Because what I find people do is they can do the first part. They can say they're angry, but then it's a loaded gun after that by saying something like, well, I feel you're attacking me. <laughs> you know, I mean, people do not, <laughs> you know, we all don't like hearing that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the first thing we're going to say is I'm not doing that. Yeah. But if someone says, Michelle, you just screamed at me or you just called me a name, I can't really fight that because I actually did that. So if I actually did that, I'm going to go, huh, you know what? I need to look at that because if they can name what the behavior is that's causing them upset without judgment and without generalization, like you always, you never, that's the mm -hmm. other trap people go into. You always do this. And it's like, no, you don't. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's really powerful. I, I guess that's why I really like working with anger because the tools are really practical and it's something you can do today. You don't need to be in therapy for years to make progress with anger. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense that there are concrete things that you can work yes. on that can help you communicate it in a way that is healthier than blaming and shaming somebody else. That's right, because even just that focus, if your focus goes from you messages to I messages, that's gonna totally transform how you communicate your anger. Yeah, yeah, and I think that can be such a hard, I mean, that's such a subtle point too though, mm -hmm. like versus yeah. like- you, It is. You, you did this and you made me feel versus when right. you did this, I felt Right. Whatever. Or, you know, yeah. Like when you didn't right. return my text messages, I felt angry. I was yeah. hurt. I was whatever. Yeah. And that's a really good point. The way you just spoke it when, when you did this, I felt because mm -hmm. a lot of times I find with men, they don't like the I message. They don't want to start with, I feel it feels too vulnerable. It feels wimpy to them, mm -hmm. but they will do the opposite. Hmm. Like, like you just did is when you did this, I felt and sometimes I'll just say, you know, even if you just say you feel uncomfortable, that's a start mm -hmm. versus, yeah. you know, some people aren't going to drop into hurt or uh, disappointed or discouraged there or fear, but they can say, you know, I feel uncomfortable with that. It kind of opens the door. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. For a conversation or, or to be heard. Right. Yeah. And do you find that, you know, working, being a, a a therapist that specializes in helping with anger management. Is it typically men who come to see you about working on anger? Is that something, or, or, um, or is it pretty evenly? I would say yes. Um, men call me more, and it's almost always because they're about to lose their relationship over it. Mm. Um, so it usually men have to hit a pretty big bottom in order to call me. Hmm. Um, women may come in and they, it's so interesting. They don't, they'll say, well, I have an anger problem because my partner says I do. Huh. Sometimes yeah. they'll see it, but a lot of times, and, and you know what, to be fair, that's probably true with men as well. They, sometimes they see it, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do see women as 
tending to justify it more because they feel hurt. So they don't see their anger as abusive or unhealthy uh, because they feel it's justified. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And so right now, there's a mm-hmm. lot of anger in our, yeah. with, with the deaths of, you know, black men yeah. and women by police and a lot of yeah. years and years of social injustice and racism right. in our country. Um, I, so for me, I, you know, I'm working hard to address it in my, you know, my own internalized racism, trying to work toward being a more aware white person, but I, yeah, but I know that I will probably make missteps along the way and have Mm -hmm. made missteps, just either saying the wrong thing or being ignorant about my own biases. Mm -hmm. So if, how do, how do we work with hearing someone else's anger? Like, how do we, how how do we be on the other side of it? Like if somebody is angry with us, whether it's about, you know, incredibly emotionally charged things, which usually it is, how do we receive that anger in a way, especially if it's justified? Yeah, well, I think it's really important to be able to make space for anger, especially right now, because you know, when we're angry, and I'm sure, you know, you can relate to this. When you're angry, you don't want to be told, don't be angry. Oh, yeah. That's, that's incredibly invalidating. Yeah. And part of what I think this movement is happening and occurring right now is that we need to make space for people's anger because it's valid. Mm-hmm. And how we do that, you're right. I mean, as white women, we have to educate ourselves because you know, giving advice, giving platitudes, saving, saying that we understand really isn't helpful because we can't, right. you know, we can't possibly understand the level of trauma uh, the black community has suffered. Right. I mean, and educating ourselves. And it's interesting because I've been, of course, reading about this like most people lately. And, you know, the people of color don't want to be our dictionary. You know, we oh, don't, yeah. we yeah. don't need to go to them and say, Hey, what do you think I should do? It's we Teach need me, right. Teach that's me right. how to be a better white person. Right? That's right. We yeah. need to do that ourselves in, in show of support that we cannot tolerate this behavior anymore. And being able to sit with, I mean, it's so interesting because I've really noticed on social media, everything is blowing up around this. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, yeah. But it's like, how do we really give space to people talk about their anger, but not demonize them? Mm -hmm. And especially politically, because it, you know, there's so much to this, you know, it's challenging to have these conversations and not get into such right, wrong mentality. You know, even myself, I mean, I, I've gone into with the political part, getting really frustrated. And then I have to back up and go, you know what? I don't know their experience. I don't know where they come from. Because the one thing I notice with anger management issues is that people can judge how people act, right? Mm-hmm. The abusive anger on the outside and say, oh my God, that's horrible, right? And of course we all would because that is horrible behavior. However, there is always a story behind it. And that to me is where we need to listen is, 
even when we totally disagree with somebody's politics or somebody's view on what's happening in the world, you know, how can we have these conversations without demonizing each other and, and know when we can't and need to stop. And, you know, I've seen a few threads where you couldn't pay me to comment <laughs> because oh, yes. it's just way too volatile and there's no point. There's, there's no point. I, I can't contribute there. So I, you know, I, I let other people, cause you know, some people find social media and they, they just, it's kind of scary that what they feel they can write without yeah. realizing how hurtful it is. So but the I don't know demonizing, if any, Yeah. But the demonizing, yeah. like being able to listen, make yeah. space for someone else's anger when, you know, uh, when you're really wanting to hear them, it's like giving yourself the permission to listen, I guess. Yeah. Without and having to defend it. yourself. Right. Yes. Right. Or, or yes. yeah. Turn around yeah. and try to create yeah. a space that this, uh, you know, right. yeah, judge ourselves, but also sort of try to validate why we said what we did or whatever, to be able to hear that maybe what yeah. I did wasn't okay. Yeah. And I think that's the common trap that people get into is when somebody's angry, they want to squelch it mm. or they want to fix it. And so mm. many of the men I see, they do that with their wives. Mm. The minute their wives get angry, they want to, they want to shut it down because they don't know what to do. Yeah. They get scared and they can't, they don't realize they're getting scared. They just go to fixing it. And women do that too, um, in different ways, but it's, it's really powerful to be able to try to really be present versus trying to fix it and change it. Because right now we can't, we can't fix it. The only fix is uniting together and trying to do better, yeah. but we can't fix this level of anger overnight you know i mean it's just it needs to be heard and i think that's why it's blown up so much because it they're just yeah. it, it just needs to be out there and you know again it's it's a really hard situation i want to talk a little bit about you know we did it at the very beginning but about women and anger stereotypes around angry women in particular but two um I feel like angry women in general, but too, I've heard yeah. from black colleagues, angry black women, like it can be, we can just be labeled, shut down. Yes. Like you don't matter. Like, because right. you're this, right. you're irrational, you're out of your head or you're whatever. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think women in general definitely get that label, they're a bitch right away when yeah. they're angry. Mm -hmm. But what I noticed and what I read with black women is that they get labeled it and they get raised to be strong, assertive women because they've had to deal with so much mistreatment. So right. they have to be on guard a lot. Whereas mm -hmm. the white woman, you know, we get taught, I know for me, I got taught, shh, be quiet. Yes. You know, Yep. So don't, they're, don't they're, make waves. Don't speak right. up. Don't be too don't loud. Don't be too much. Right. And you know, that's where it gets really damaging because we don't see our anger as valid, but with black stereotypes, they, they only get known for being angry, which is not fair. 
because yeah. they have vulnerability. They have other emotions, just like white women have anger. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like we have to see it. And, and, you know, the other thing is that black women have a right to be angry based on what they've had to go through. Right. Right. And just by saying you're, you know, creating this stereotype of the angry black woman, it just minimizes the, the, the depth of that anger, I think. Right. Right. Because it's a response to their trauma. Yeah. But instead, because we don't see it that way, they get labeled mm -hmm. versus, versus also women who get angry, they become the bitch and they don't, then the conversation stops. There's no, yeah. huh, why are they angry? Mm. You know, what is going on that they are so angry? We don't yeah. care about the reason and we need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how do we make space? How do we make space for the anger that's happening now, but just anger in general, like as it comes up in our relationships, because it yeah. does, whether it's with your children or your partner right. or your coworker or your boss or whatever. So how mm -hmm. do we make space either to, to make space within ourselves to express it, but how do we make space to hold some of the mm -hmm. collective anger? Yeah. Well, I think in, in personal relationships, we have to remember our anger, their anger is their anger. It's not necessarily our fault. It's not something we caused. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, people have a right to be angry, but if you have a background of trauma or rage in your background, you're going to react very quickly to that. So you have to be really mindful of um, your own space. Like mm -hmm. what I tell people when, if you're starting to want to try to make space for anger, notice how much space you need. So that's why I never recommend arguing in the car <laughs> because uh -huh. people get really heated because there's nowhere to go. Yeah. But if you're say arguing with your partner and you realize, you know what? I'm not feeling safe, back up. Make sure there's plenty of space between you. Mm. I, it's funny because my husband and I do this naturally where when we're arguing, we usually have our kitchen island <laughs> you uh, know, between, between us. <laughs> and, and I realize that that makes us both feel safe. I can be a little loud and let's face it, we all will. I mean, healthy anger is not quiet and polite. No, no, but it's not mean and it's not demeaning mm. and it's not hurtful because mm. I can say to my husband, I'm really pissed that you're not listening to me, but I'm not making him wrong. I'm just naming the behavior, but I also have to be mindful of how hot I get because in, in relationship, especially in intimate relationships, we all have our own triggers. So if yes. I'm really, if I've never felt heard in my life and my husband doesn't hear me, I'm going to get hot much faster. Mm -hmm. But that's not because of what he's doing in the moment. That's also because of all the hundreds of other times that I've never felt heard. Yeah. So it's not really fair to make him pay the price for that. Hmm. So being, being aware of your triggers in relationship can be really, really powerful. Like not feeling heard, feeling abandoned, feeling left out, feeling like, oh, this person doesn't like me. So you go into that situation with those negative beliefs and it's going to make it harder to actually hear somebody's anger instead of uh, one of the tools I teach a lot is positive self-talk. Mm. You know, being yeah. able to say to yourself, you know what, I can handle this. 
or this person has a right to be angry, but I don't have to take it personally. Right. I can keep myself safe. And if I don't feel safe, I need to excuse myself. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the other part with anger is if we feel like we have to just sit and take it, you know, that's not good either. Because right. if somebody has crossed the line into screaming and name calling, there's no point in continuing the discussion because they've lost control. Yes. Yes. And right. You don't want to put yourself at risk of either yeah. being hurt or yeah. Right. Just sitting so, and taking right. yeah, hurtful anger. Right. So finding that line of when the argument becomes toxic, that's, you want to be able to catch that really quickly because if you don't, again, it's really hard to leave an argument when you're both uh, enraged, mm -hmm. but it's easier if you're, you're angry, but you're still in control of it, of yourself, really. Yeah. Well, and just you uh, mentioning, you know, trauma triggers and mm -hmm. thinking about all the anger we're seeing today. I think sometimes it's what I've seen on Facebook and what I've heard people say that like, I don't understand why black people are so mad about slavery that happened 400 years ago. And that's their trauma, right? They're carrying that trigger so that yeah. to, to be unheard around that abuse and that, right. and then have experienced racism probably their, of course, their whole life because of the, our mm -hmm. country's, the way we've, we've designed our country doesn't serve them right. well. Um, I see that they'd be pretty angry. Yeah, and that's where, you know, I think people are realizing they have to educate themselves. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, I've, I've been watching videos, I've been listening to experiences of black women who are mothers who are afraid for their young sons. I mean, this is incredible. But mm. if we don't know that, and we've never dove into that, then we're not going to understand. And I think that's the opportunity we have now is if you don't understand, get educated. There's so much material out there right now. Uh, because that's the great thing is that I think we're being met by leaders who are giving us that information. There's tons of articles. I, I gave some um, resources to my email list and they were so thankful because we do need to educate ourselves. Yeah. You know, the other thing though, that I, I saw, and I thought it was really interesting is I think some of this is people who can't see other people's pain is really indicative of them not being able to process their own. So when they hear something like Black Lives Matter and they say, well, all lives matter, they don't really see that they're justifying their own, you know, hey, well, it's not that bad. We all had trauma. But sometimes I think they're not, because they haven't been able to deal with their own, they have less compassion for someone else's, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does, it does. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I can't see your pain. Right, because, because I'm still mm, hurt. Yeah, mine is blinding me. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So if, if there were things that you felt might help women in particular, um, be able to, you know, respond either to someone else's anger or to 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 express their own anger, mm -hmm, regardless mm -hmm. of what the situation is. You know, how how do we get to that space of 
feeling more grounded and calm to be able to share what's happening for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Well, I think paying attention to the body and what your body is telling you, because we may not be able, I mean, I know when I first started doing my own anger work, I was not ready to say I felt angry in the moment. That was way too scary. Mm-hmm. But what I could do is I could pay attention to what was happening and go, okay, how do I feel? And then I would go and I would do some journal writing or I would take a walk and uh, talk to myself out, you know, talk to myself during the walk and get it out. But it's like being able to cultivate my own permission to have my feelings and recognize what my anger was. To me, that's the first piece of the work. Yeah. And then when you know, okay, yes, I am upset or angry, then we're able to actually start to put words to it. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's a process. It's not, it's not something that I, especially for women, I think women who are people pleasers or tend to have codependent issues, it takes a while for them to undo that belief of it's not okay to be angry, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think mm-hmm. honestly paying attention to it and just cultivating that, you have a right because every time we're angry, there's always a reason. It's yeah. not something like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way or, oh, that's stupid. You know, I shouldn't be hurt by what so-and-so did to me. Well, you know, sometimes we, we get upset over what looks like trivial things, but there's a story attached to it that isn't trivial. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we need to get to is, hey, wait a minute. Now I understand why I'm so angry and upset at my partner because I've been abandoned my whole life. So when he goes on his phone and does it one more time, I'm enraged. Yeah, I think that is just, that is such a key point that, yeah, looking at what's come before and Mm -hmm, yeah, kind of fed that anger all along. um, Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times anger is not just in the moment almost always when, when we start talking about anger, they'll tell me an incident and I'll say, well, what was your stress level that day? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was pretty bad, but I didn't rec. I thought I was okay. I hadn't eaten all day. You know what I mean? And they say stuff like that. And it's like, that's all part of the puzzle. Yes. Yes. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you speaking your truth? Are you holding on to a lot of resentment? Because all of that is going to make when you get home and see a dirty house (laughs) more upsetting. Because mm-hmm. it's not just about the dirty house. It's about all the other things that are on your back that you haven't spoken about. And then, right, that one more thing that gets loaded on, breaks your back yep. or tips the scales or whatever. Right. Well, it's it's so similar to how I work with my clients around anxiety is that, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say, I, you know, I, I had a panic attack at, you know, out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, well, let's let's walk it back. Like let's yep. start with how your day started and that's right. You know, where did the stress begin and when did you notice it? And that's you know, so often, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause then build. they realize, Oh, sorry. No. Yeah. Go ahead. I just said it builds, but go ahead. Then yeah. they realized. Yeah. Then they realize that they do have some power in the situation because yes. you're helping them see, Oh, there were little microcosm, you know, micro choices they made along the way that they could shift so that they don't have that panic attack. I love that. I love that you're doing that. Well, um, and one last thing too, like I, I try to reinforce for clients that like, there's no bad feelings. Like there, there shouldn't be like good and bad feelings. Like we just feel what we feel. 
but right. anger gets a pretty bad rap for her, right. you know, as an emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. Because if we saw it, if we saw yelling, screaming, hitting, it is going to have that negative connotation. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. abusive anger is not what we want. Right. Um, right. But Rage is not what we right. want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. anger in its original form is healthy. Right. And if we can deal with it as it's happening, then it's not going to get destructive or it's yeah. much less likely to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Such a good conversation. I feel like uh, for me, the process of recognizing and expressing my anger in healthy ways is still ongoing, but I really appreciate you, you mm-hmm. taking the time, Michelle, to to stop in today and talk to us about it and how we can hold others' angers in a more compassionate way too. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. This was really enjoyable. I I love talking about anger, but I I also love hearing about the work you're doing. So thanks so much for doing this podcast. People need it. Oh, thank you. So how do people find you, Michelle? So my website is Mm counselingrecovery.com. And uh, I have a Facebook page on the same name and I do online courses. So I do have an online course on anger and some other products on anger, like an ebook. I also have a free email course on there too. If people want to get started and just see if they want to put their toe in and, and start learning. That's awesome. Cool. Well, that's good to know that that resource is out there. Good. All right. Well, thanks again. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate your taking the time to be on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michelle about anger, expressing it, hearing it, being with it, and just identifying it. As I said, for me, it's really hard sometimes to know that I'm angry. It can turn into hurt or uh, I get choked up and sometimes cry when I'm angry. And so um, I am learning to... Notice when it is that it's anger showing up and learning how to express my anger in healthy ways. So I appreciated Michelle being on the podcast to talk about that. I also appreciated her willingness to talk to us about how we hold people of color and black indigenous people of color's anger right now and hear it and validate it because there's a lot to be angry about. I also want to own that as two white women talking about black indigenous people of color's anger, my intention was not to not to be racist about that and not to present that from a white normative standard. So I hope that that was how the conversation came off. If it did not, that is mine to own and I would love feedback on that. I would love to hear from you if you felt that uh, there were missteps there or uh, some unconscious racism that seeped through. So if you would like more resources on how to find Michelle, but also her anger uh, management and courses on anger management, I will include all the links in the show notes. I will also include some links on learning how to be 
a white ally. I appreciate your joining us here today. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.